0: For me, a whole man of the person that I want to be, the man that I want to be is someone who is not just strong, courageous, bold, but also does all those things in the service of others. Some people say, oh, being a people pleaser is a bad thing. It's like, no, like we should have more people pleasers in the world that will make the world a whole better place.
1: Welcome to The Path Podcast. I'm Mike Salemi. I believe that uncharted trails make the best life stories. So take a deep breath, put one foot in front of the other, And trust the ground under your feet. Join me in discussions on health, performance, business, leadership, and spiritual self mastery because these topics are windows into how well each of us have learned to trust our own path. Let's go. This is a Soulfire production. I want to start off by just saying how special and unique this podcast is that we're about to dive into together. This podcast is with Eric Leha. Many people know Eric as the primal Soldier on Instagram. He's got almost uh, a million followers on Instagram. He is a sponsored athlete. He's an honored athlete. He's a kettlebell expert, uh, among other things as well. But really, this podcast, especially being the new year, there's so much Opportunity. There's always opportunity, let's say, but always, at least in my experience, the new year brings that new momentum or just new inspiration to look at ourselves in an honest and authentic way and then really get clear on how we want to show up moving forward for this next year. And so in this podcast, one of the most special things about it is, of course, we could talk training, we could talk movement. And Eric and I have spent multiple times together training side by side. And, you know, it's just been such a pleasure to get to work with him and be around him. And in this podcast, again, while we could go over all the movement stuff, what I'm really excited about and interested about and curious about is Eric as a man, Eric as a person. And I was blown away at, how he showed up on this podcast and his vulnerability and his openness with his struggles. You know, we talk about substance abuse, addiction, the mission that he has right now, the difficulties with reaching the level of just attention and fame that he's reached, especially during COVID, but over these last few years, and he really is just an incredible man. It was such a pleasure getting to hear what he's interested in and how he's really found his his faith and how he is surrounding himself with people who inspire him who who really are There to support him as a person and not necessarily just for what he can achieve in the gym or what he can achieve and do with kettlebells. This podcast really gives you insight into the humanness of a man who's really been working through a lot in his life. That oftentimes, like many of us, when you see someone on social media, you have no idea what's going on in their heart and in their mind behind the scenes social media is such a small glimpse of the actual person. And so today, once again, it is such a pleasure and an honor to have Eric Leha to kick off the new year. And uh, I think you're going to learn a lot about this extraordinary man. Let's go right into it. Well, first off, man, what a solid start to the day, bro.
0: Thank you so much for having me. And of course, man, such hospitality, bro. Always welcome, dude. Thank you for coming and making the time to, I know you're super busy, about to have a family. (laughs) Yeah, dude, thanks for coming out and teaching me some stuff. Always value that experience with you. I'm always eager to learn, you know, and super excited to incorporate some of the moves that you taught me.
1: Mm, Well, I think that's one of the cool things that I've experienced about you since I think this is... I mean, at least we've been connecting for some training stuff the last few years. And you know we've gone over Bulgarian back stuff, uh, band stuff, ball stuff. And this was something that you and I were talking about at the end of the session that I shared with you. And one of the things I'd love for you to share a bit about is one of the things that I've observed in the fitness space. There's a lot of great people. There's a lot of people with some beautiful intentions. And there's this a lot of scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Like there's not enough to go around. And since I first met you, that was like the opposite of how I've experienced you. So I'm curious, like, what is it about you or what has impacted you to have that just abundant mindset? Like there is enough for everyone.
0: Honestly, it's just surrounding myself with people who, like in the community on it with Aubrey, John Wolf, Shane Hines, You know, our core mission statement has always been doing things for the good of all. And, you know, the best way to do that is to constantly share real, actionable, valuable, free information for everybody so that they can, everybody can get better. And so when you look at life like that, you know, you're constantly giving things out. Eventually things come back. It's like the law of reciprocity. And when you're thinking like that, you're constantly giving, you know, you don't really have time to see things as being scarce because you're you're putting out so much love, so much information to help people. You know, you start to realize like, man, the more I put out there, the more I'm going to get back. And it's only when you start holding back or being negative or feeling like, oh, I can't give out all of my techniques. Oh, that guy over there sharing the technique that I like and I have to go hate on him because he's doing not doing it like how I do it. You know, and it's just like, no, man, like everybody's got a different perspective and he's not taking your customers. If anything, he's going to turn, or your clients or people who follow, you know, kettlebells or the type of fitness that you might be promoting. Like he might just bring in even more people that will eventually find your stuff. And it's just like, there's just so so many people in the world. There's how many people, like (laughs) six billion people on the planet, like almost a billion people on social media. All across the platforms, like, there's there's nothing scarce about what we do. And I've always been of the mindset that the more that you you give, the more you'll receive. And so that also means, you know, not being afraid of other people in the industry who might be mm. doing the same things. It's, if anything, like, I like to learn from those people, see what they're doing right and different from what I'm doing and borrowing that and trying to add more to my arsenal so that I can keep growing, because like, if you get once you you feel like you're the the number one guy, you're the expert, and you know people like that people can get in your head when people start telling you that like you're on me- you're in men's health, you're you know you're getting all this attention for being the number one guy that people look up to, and then you can kind of let that get to your head, and you stop growing, you stop doing continuing education, but. The way I started out was we were taking a certification or workshop with some of the top coaches in the industry every mm. freaking weekend, it seemed like, for the first couple of years of my career. And so, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I was able to do that and really value that process, you know, not just being under one guy and he's the one telling me everything. His, his way is the best way. So I was early on, was able to really take a non-dogmatic approach to training and just Every time I would take a certification or a new workshop with a new expert in the field, I would empty my cup and just fill it up with as much as I could that weekend from that, that coach or that doctor or physical therapist that would come teach us and try to take what I found valuable for myself and my clients, put it into practice and try to add it to my, my arsenal of techniques. And so the more that I did that, the more that my clients got better, the more I was able to refine my own method. And eventually was able to do my own thing. Um, but now that I have my own thing, you know, I don't, I'm not scared to share it with people. And if anything, like, I just I want to have, just keep sharing it as much as possible. Because for me, like, when it comes to fitness and, you know, these coaching techniques, like, some people like to hide their stuff behind a veil because they're afraid that it's going to get out there. And their recipe for success <laughs> is going to be... They're not, people aren't going to want to go to them anymore. But it's like, man, people want you your stuff. They're going to pay for your stuff. Come seek you out because they like you and your personality and they want to support you. Not because of you have the best information. All the information's out there. I mean, you can look up Google and find some of the... We have any, all the information's out there for free. You know, it's just about being a good person, dope human that people want to support. And so for me, being a dope human means supporting everybody else too, because, you know, the more we, I support others, they support me. It's that same law of reciprocity. We all support each other. And then people see that, you know, and they're like, man, I want to support that guy and that guy because they're just in this fear of positive positivity, supporting each other. And, you know, they don't operate out of a scarcity mindset and, you know, it's just win-win for everybody, you know, no customer or client or online follower, supporter, I mean, a lot of people do seek out negativity Mm. and they like look for, you know, the funniest comments, people talking crap to each other. But for the most part, when people see each other hating on other people, it just looks bad. You know, it's not something people want to support. You know, people want to be positively influenced. And I feel like supporting my peers, people in the industry, you know, it's just win-win for everybody. There's plenty to go around. I totally agree with you, brother.
1: And it is felt. And like whether people know it out there or not, and hopefully this podcast illuminates that, but like, it's really a special thing when, when two creative people or just two people in love at what they do get to come together. And then the creation of, of whatever it is that gets created is something new and unique, right? Because each person's bringing their perspective. And like, as, as one of my buddies who is actually just on the podcast, Ben White, uh, he was just sharing about like, no one can do you better than you Mm -hmm. like you are the best at what you do and no one can compete with that but that's not to put anyone else down but it's because you're being fully you no one can do me better than me and Mm -hmm. just like anyone listening to this podcast no one can do you better than you so why the hell not fucking fully step into that yep I'm curious though, when you were saying about things getting to someone's head as you like raise in fame or whatever, was there ever a time like it did get to your head just as your, your Instagram, for example, was climbing? And if so, how was that experience?
0: If anything, it didn't get to my head to like make me feel better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. It made me feel like I was an imposter, you know, like, oh man, like I don't deserve all this attention. You know, I'm, I'm not an expert. I learned from the best of the best. And I'm just trying to do my best to collect that information and share it with people. And I felt like, you know, I didn't go to college. You know, I don't have a degree. And so I was always like, man, I can't be an expert if I don't have a formal education. Mm. And so I always doubted myself, my business partner, my peers, my mentors. Are like, you don't need to do that, man. Like, you're helping so many people. And you're in what you're doing, people are finding value. So you are an expert at, you know, helping people. You don't need to be, you know, you don't. You need to be a scientist to make an impact. But I just, I just respected so many people in the industry who did feel that way, or who did have all those degrees. And I felt like, oh, I can't, I can't share information if I don't have, if, I don't, if I'm, not qualified. But with my experience, all the experience, the years that I put in, the, all the learning that I did, all the you know education that I took from these experts, you know, that that all did you know make a difference in my coaching. And I did help, I have helped and continue to help a lot of people. It's just, you know, you, the fat, like you grow so fast, at least the way I did. It's a lot of attention and it's like, it can be overwhelming. You know, people would message me, you know, email me saying, oh, like I'm recovering from cancer and wow. getting through chemo has been a lot easier by doing your workouts. And you've, you've had a huge impact on my life. And I'm just like, what the, fu- what the fuck? That's crazy. You know, I don't know. Like. Um, I didn't do that. You know, I would keep convincing myself that I wasn't good enough to actually be making that type of impact. I just developed a lot of anxiety. And that's when I started, I would turn to like getting high, smoking weed or drinking alcohol and partying on the weekends just to kind of quiet that. Because I didn't know how to talk to these people. You know, I would say, oh, thank you. I'm, I'm happy that I could help you in that way. But like, I was just like, I wouldn't seek a deeper connection with with those people that I was helping because I didn't feel like I really did it, you know? So for me, that was really challenging to get through. And it's only been recently that I've been able to kind of get over that hump since I've stopped, you know, looking to substances and self-destructive behaviors that were kind of quieting my anxiety. When you grow so fast, you start getting so many emails, messages, and it's just so hard to get back to everybody that I'm just like, I, I, I start to freak out. And I'm just like, okay, I'll just only do what I really need to do to get by. And I'll get back to those people as soon as I can. And I end up just not getting back to anybody because I was getting high, just chilling and just trying to quiet everything. But then, like, when you quiet that anxiety, you quiet all the good stuff too, which is those positive messages, you know, like, I mean, like, I would get, like, opportunities to do, like, some cool, like, TV shows or sponsorships, events but I didn't want to do any of that. Like I didn't want to reply for me. It was just too much going on when I wanted to focus on what I was good at, focus on producing programs and workouts for the, you know, for my business and for, for on it and for, you know, the sponsors that I had at the time. And so that just, it, it made me feel really anxious. So then I would try to block that out. And then I would, that would also block out, you know, the, the energy to be able to reply to the the people who were like really thankful for me and sending me positive feedback. And even people were sending me like transformation photos. I'd just be like, Oh, what? I didn't do that. You know? (laughs) And it's for for me, it was also so hard to brag about that kind of stuff, you know, about like, Oh, like I helped this person turn into this, you know, just because I wasn't really sure on what I wanted to identify myself as like, am I like a Am I trying to help people look better or feel better or be stronger? Or like what am I doing? You know? So it's always been hard navigating that, but now I'm finally, you know, figuring it out. It's crazy, you know, I'm already like eight years into this, which is not a long time. You know, a lot of people have been doing this for 20, 30 years. Um, so I'm just fortunate enough that I'm finally growing and getting past that that fear of not being good enough, you know, ready to show appreciation for the people that are grateful for what I do for them and not doubt myself anymore.
1: What would you say if you could put words to what's your, like your mission or that clarity that you've got right now,
0: what comes up for you? So I did this exercise the other day where I identified like my gifts, my passions. And the, I I really love this exercise because it framed it in such a way as to like, not like, what's your five-year plan? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? It's like, that's a little overwhelming for me because I don't know how I'm going to be. Like, we're constantly growing and changing as people. I could be totally different next year than I am right now. So it's like having a five-year plan freaks me out and I can never get to get it right, you know? But at this, uh, this exercise we were doing, it was, they reinforced, in the season of your life right now, what do you exist to do? And I think I came up with, I exist to inspire people to think unconventionally and break out of their comfort zone to, you know, be healthier uh, spiritually, mentally, and physically, you know, so they can live long, healthy lives. And so it's not just like, for me, I want, I'm here to help people work out, obviously have fun doing it, live healthier, get stronger, but also help people who are struggling mentally with like eating disorder, substance abuses, like that's all stuff that I've gone through. So helping, you know, being more authentic now, talking about those topics that I was kind of ashamed to talk about in the past, bringing that stuff up so that people who might be struggling with that can can relate. And maybe if they're listening, it can help them realize that they're not alone and that they should ask for help if they need it or they can reach out to me or I can point them in the right direction to, you know get help because it it can get really lonely and when you when you try to deal with things alone and try to like white knuckle yourself through these tough situations it can just make it a lot harder and you just dig yourself deeper into a hole when you're when you're alone so for me it's been super helpful to have a support group around me that I can talk to like I have friends that I FaceTime all the time and talk to about my issues but not just my issues but all the good stuff that's going on you know I was talking to this about a friend the other day it's like sometimes you feel ashamed. To talk about your wins because like a lot of people aren't winning all the time, you know. There's probably not, you know, going through some good times. But it's important to have people in your life who you can talk to about everything, you know, the good times, the bad times. And, you know, that's a really good support system so that you can you know, feel like you're, you're headed in the right direction.
1: I appreciate that so much, you know, hearing that. And also like something that we were talking about after our workout today was like, there's different people in our lives that serve different roles, whether it's the, the woman or the women in our life, you know, a partner, mom, a dad or a friend, guys, groups, whatever it is, to put so much Pressure or expectation that any one person has to be everything to us. It's a lot. Like, if someone put all that pressure on me, I'd be like, yo, give me a moment. So, I'm curious, how has that been? And you touched on it a little bit, but how has like maybe the different people and their roles been supportive to you and especially where you're heading now?
0: Uh, yeah. So, recently I've been sober for about six weeks now. Oh, no, yeah. almost two months, almost eight weeks. Which is probably the longest time in a long time since I mean I've been this sober since I was nineteen, and so I' feel good and I've been able to do it through uh through the friends support system that I have and uh mainly there's this this girl in my life Claire she's a good friend of mine, and she really supports me she's always there to listen, and she's been helping me you know uh get me into these these sobriety recovery programs and also I've been going to church and you know like reconnecting with my faith like Growing up, I wasn't a huge believer in like Jesus and Christianity. So I'm still kind of struggling to fit in with that, but I still get a ton of lessons, you know, when I go to church, especially the church that I go to It's Red Rocks here in Austin. And it's like a super modern church. A friend of mine, actually, I was telling him, Hey, do you go to, you should go to Red Rocks, bro. It's really dope. They have like a band playing. It's super awesome. He's like, I don't want to go to that Justin Bieber church. (laughs) I guess you could call it that dude, but it's fun. And uh, the pastors there, they don't, they don't like preach to you. Like they don't make you feel guilty about stuff. They just talk to you like a normal person and teach you these lessons from the Bible, which, you know, it's, they're super relatable, not just to, you know, what the topic is that they're trying to touch on, but like you can totally relate all that stuff To your careers, like my coaching career, I've been learning so many things that I've been able to take home and, you know, think on and just really reflect on how it really can, you know, benefit me, not just in my spirituality, but also my physical fitness, the way I approach relationships, everything. So that has been super valuable. And it's, you know, I've been able to do all that stuff, break out of my comfort zone and try those new things by hanging out with Claire. So I've been able to open up to her a lot you know, and just talk to her about a lot of things. Uh, and she's such a good listener. She like, will be in the middle of a Spartan race, you know, and she'll stop and say hello to people and talk to them. <laughs> and, you know, and, or she'll be in the middle of a workout in the gym and she'll stop and talk to a a, a friend or a supporter and give them all the attention, you know, and just like, really loves to make people feel seen and heard and feel special because, Or like they matter because people do. Everybody matters, you know? And she's really the type of person who will listen to you, give you that space to open up. And so recently I'm like, okay, I'm opening up so much. But like, maybe there's some things that, you know, she's, you know, she's a woman. So it's like, maybe there's some things I shouldn't open up so much to her about, because it might be a little overwhelming, even though she's there. And she'll listen to it all. She'll take it all in. She'll say, she says, hey, no, you could tell me everything. I'm here to support you. And I'm like, I know you are. But maybe there's some things that I need to process fully first before throwing that shit all on the table. And it might just be a little overwhelming for the both of us. So I've been looking to having maybe like more male mentors, you know, looking back to and mentors that supported me in the past. I've started setting up meetings and lunches with them to talk, and phone calls to catch up with friends who who support me, even in my new sobriety. You know, like it's it's hard, you know, when your your friends, you know, that all would love to go party, they support you now. It's it's cool. Like I I was a little afraid at first, like to reach out to them because I thought, oh, they're gonna think I'm lame, but I have a couple friends who have been talking to me on the phone. They've been super supportive, and they're like, yeah, man, like you know, I didn't know you had a problem, but I'm here for you. And they'll listen to me talk for like an hour on the phone and just connecting with them and not having to overwhelm just one person is a good way to still get your, you know, to vent and connect and get different types of opinions, you know, cause you know, females, males, we all think differently. And so getting a male perspective has been super valuable and I'm excited to just keep opening up to to different people and gaining different perspectives you know everybody thinks differently and we're all going through our own struggles so uh you know just keep opening up to different people is is my goal and i really have this community that i've been a part of with claire and the sobriety community being able to open up and just not be afraid and it's been super valuable dude so so many things
1: came up when you
0: were sharing and
1: i In my own experience, I completely and wholeheartedly agree that men need men, and especially older men. Like We need some way, shape, or form, some wise elder, someone who's been there and gone through a lot and seen a lot of life. And so when we hear their wisdom, it's like... Man, it, it, I've learned so much from having people, whether it's been like some coaches and mentors, like Paul Check's been a huge one. Uh, there's been a few others for me, uh, a guy, uh, Yaakov Darling Khan, who was the first guest on my podcast, and just hearing the wealth of life experience they've had. And you know, one thing that comes up with Yaakov specifically, what he always told me and still shares, is that his relationship with his wife, Susanna, like, I don't even know how long they've been married. Well over 30 years. And he's like, the relationship keeps getting better and better. The sex keeps getting better and better. And whereas like most people, like the older that you get, that stuff's supposed to go down. Yeah. But he's like, no, the depth of connection yeah. and how we relate and the vulnerability. And so having those those male models, I think, is huge. You know, I think you touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to hear more about, you know, you've been struggling with sobriety for a long time. And this is the longest. And I want to just take a moment to like acknowledge and fucking celebrate you for that dude it's huge and and when you've gone through that in the past i imagine i don't know but i imagine that you tried sobriety what's some of the biggest difference is it the faith piece now is it having claire when you've tried it in the past why didn't it work or why didn't it last and what are you seeing now
0: it was um yeah i think the faith thing has been a huge part of it but also just opening up Mm -hmm. you know having somebody to talk to and not having to hold things in like dude cuz like growing up my family wasn't very open like we weren't very affectionate we didn't really talk about our feelings we never said i love you to each other you know my fam- my parents were you know always working and so i pretty much was raised up my brother and my sister and they were super tough you know so we never said i love you but we said i love you in different ways like we'd beat each other up <laughs> you know <laughs> and when we did something wrong like, I'll beat you up because I love you. So you won't (laughs) ever do that again. (laughs) You know? Uh, but we never said things like that. So I think growing up, you know, I didn't really have any like role models for like deep connections and didn't really know how to express myself. Now that I'm older, you know, it's been kind of a struggle to, to like really open up to people. And so like, especially like not having a a male figure to look up to. Like my, my father was an alcoholic or he still is. And so the only like male, like image I had in my life was him, you know, being an alcoholic, my mother staying with him, even though he was an alcoholic and trying to, you know, keep the relationship together for as long as possible. I'm like, why does she stay with him? Like, what does he have to offer? And the only thing I could think was, Oh, he's, financially responsible, he's paying all the bills, he's taking care of us financially, but so that's the only image I had in my head was, oh, these men are supposed to provide financially. So I had like this very toxic image of what a man should be. They should be financially, res- like they should just support financially and nothing really else. And then I would look, uh, then I would turn to movies and like I would try to get, you know, my my male role models from movies and Usually that wasn't the best idea. There's like all these action heroes who are super bravo. They never talk about their emotions. And so I think growing up, I, or as an adult, I would have like moments, especially in relationships where I would see something wrong or something that would upset me in the relationship and it would bring up these insecurities and I would just kind of, you know, bury that down. And be like, no, like, it's that's stupid. I'm just being insecure. I don't I don't need to talk about that. I'll just put that, brush that off to the side. And then something else would happen and it would come up again. And then over and over again, I would keep hiding that stuff and not wanting to bring it up because I would think it would make me look like a weak man. And then when finally, like, I'm at the tipping point, usually when you're at the tipping point, you're ready to open up about it. And you're forced to do it because, you know, it's Like it's on your mind. It's upsetting you and you're upset and you're emotional and then you bring it up and then it just blows up in your face because you're mad and you, you know, ruin the relationship because, not because you look like a weak man, but because you're mad, emotional, and just not, you should have like nipped it in the butt before it became a bigger problem and you come to the table mad about something that's not even that big of a deal Especially to the other person when this is the first time they're hearing about it, you know? So it's like, I did that a lot. And now I'm at a stage where I'm like, dude, as soon as something bothers you, obviously check with yourself, process it. But if it's something that you really want to talk to somebody about, talk to somebody about it. Get outside information, ask for help and figure out if it's something really to be upset about. And if it is, talk to the person about it, your your partner. And, you know, squash it, you know, put it out there and do it in a calm manner. Don't do it when you've already built up all this emotion because it's never going to end up well if you come shouting or screaming or uh, upset. You know, it's important to open up. And uh, but yeah, like I said earlier, I'm trying to balance whether I'm being overwhelming or not. But so far, it's been good. It hasn't been overwhelming. It's just like I said, you need to be able to talk to different types of people, males, females father figures, mothers, you know, thankfully I'm fortunate to still have my mother around and I talk with her as much as I can get her advice. And she's super stoked that I'm reconnecting with my faith so I can, uh, you know, it's been super, for me, that's been super valuable, you know, having, believing in a higher power, just cause, you know, it's important to realize that you're not in control. And when you, when you realize that you're not in control, you know, like, Good things and bad things will happen to you, but, you know, everything's happening for a reason and you don't blame yourself when bad things happen. And when good things happen, you know, you have grace and you you have humility when good things happen. And you can talk about those wins, but at the end of the day, you realize I'm fortunate to have these good things happen to me. And it's not just because of me, it's because of the higher power, it's because of the people around me, you know, this higher power has put into my life and they're here to support me. And so... It's, it's been super enlightening and I just wake up every day a lot more grateful to be able to, you know, be, to have grown enough now to be able to look at life that way, as opposed to just trying to hide my emotions, try to tough it out, be a tough guy and not talk about my feelings when, and so much more, you know, you have so much less shame and So much weight is off your shoulders when you talk about stuff. You realize like, man, like I was tripping. That wasn't even that bad, (laughs) you know?
1: The date for the next Men of Movement Retreat are set. And I am so fired up. The next Men of Movement Retreat will be happening June 8th through the 11th of 2023 back out in Mount Shasta, California, which is such a special location. We hold it on an organic farm. The land in and of itself feels healing just simply to be on. And what I'm really finding now, this being the fourth retreat that we'll be running, the men that are coming to these events are just coming more and more with a willingness to look at parts of themselves that maybe they've avoided in their life and are showing up more courageously to work on themselves so they can be better. So they can be better fathers, better husbands, better partners, uh, better leaders, better bosses. And it is such a a cool experience to have and you will be in good company if you've been looking for community, if you've been looking to experience, most importantly, experience different rituals and rites of passage that are going to give you the felt experience and are going to give you an opportunity to connect and build your own inner resource that you can apply to anything in your life then this event is for you. Uh, We have six months before the event goes, but now because it's New Year's, I really wanted to share it because if you're a man and you know that you want support and you know this is an event that really interests you, hit me up. You can fill out an application and all you got to do is go to MikeSalemi.io, click the Men of Movement tab in the upper right corner and you can hop on a call with me and I'm just really curious to get to know you, hear what you're working on, working through, and really just see if this event would be a good fit for you. So go ahead, hit me up, and I would love to chat with you soon. Let's get back to the show. You know, it's so interesting. Like when you're in it, it can feel like there is a fucking 500-pound gorilla on our back, you know, (laughs) but to the outside world or from someone else's perspective. But I always kind of go back to like your experience of that. if, If that is your experience, it is real you know what I'm saying? If it feels like you got a 500-pound gorilla, it basically got a 500-pound gorilla on your back. And as I was hearing you share something earlier, it really caught me and it was basically like, this is something that has helped me at different points in my life. And it was looking back and I, it, it could be a time of where something challenging happened or just an age that I was having a lot of difficulty at. And basically me going back as now Mike of almost, let's say 35-year-old Mike. And let's say, um, I'll pick an age, um, 11-year-old Mike had some challenges. And so what I would do in just a meditation or even in a journaling exercise, it was like, if I were to transport myself back and there was 11-year-old Mike and Mike of 35, how would I self-parent or coach myself? then? what words would I have used to help that younger self navigate this situation, which To him, it feels like a 500 pound gorilla. At 35, I know like, you know, being afraid to talk to a girl or whatever it is, it's like, dude, it's no big deal. But if I would have said that to him, dude, you're you're tripping about nothing. He would have been like, go fuck yourself, dude. This feels like the world on me. And so when I was hearing you talk, it was like having the courage to open up and to share. I imagine, and please share more about like, what I was hearing you say is like how, almost like how you would self-coach yourself or may, maybe self-parent yourself because I've had similar stories in my, in my frame. What would I tell my younger self to help coach me through it? Um, so that was what came up. I don't know if there's anything else on that, that that comes up for you in terms of what might you say to Eric when he's in it and having a lot of challenge to help him work through and navigate those challenges of,
0: of anything. I just tell myself like, hey, I'm not the first human being <laughs> to go through these problems. You know I have tons of friends who who they're like you were saying earlier, they're dying to support mm. and they're dying to open up too. you know it's like if you have a problem, you know, don't just try to hold it in, and for me, it's just been, yeah, man, just talk to somebody about it, call a friend, so much value and just being able to get something off your chest and you know just opening up about it because our experiences are are valid, but they only go so far as you know as they do like because it's so important to get different perspectives on things because there's people that have been there and they've done that, you know, our elders, like you were talking about earlier, they can give you such a valuable perspective or they'll give you such a crazy perspective that you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I think I'm good. And I'm just tripping. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, for me, it's just taking a step back, slowing down and trying not to, uh, Claire said this the other day, she's like, Don't make long-term decisions based on short-term emotions. And so for me, that's been super valuable to like take a step back. Like when something angers you or freaks you out, don't make a rash decision that might make a long-term effect in that moment. Just take your time, digest it, be present, you know, take it all in, let it calm down, let your emotions calm down. And then, you know, try to make a decision based on on all the information you get after you calm down and all the information you get after you talk to somebody about it, you know,
1: in my own experience, that's the difference between like truly responding from a grounded place to a situation or a person versus being reactive. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if we can tell that reactivity, like sometimes it's, I, I really feel like in certain situations, especially with people that we know trigger us like automate, sometimes family members a lot of time, if we know that we are very easy to be facilitated into that trigger, then sometimes it's okay to even just say like, yo, let's revisit this after or mm-hmm. let's come back at a later time and mm-hmm. table this. It's not even that we're, or I'm trying to speak for when this is coming up for me. It's not that I'm like trying to, flight from the situation. It's more like I'm trying to honor where I'm exactly at mm-hmm. and know like I really want deep connection. I want this to be productive. Yeah. And it's less of like trying to avoid it for the sake of escaping it. But it's more like, let me calm down. Let me center myself mm-hmm. and I will come back. And and that's oftentimes more than not been received super positively.
0: It's like uh it's like when you're doing fitness, you know, it's like you gotta let things download sometimes. Yeah. Working with a client and they're just like they start getting frustrated. And then as a coach, you realize okay, hey, like any more cues, any more reps is only gonna make this this uh this move or this exercise just deteriorate. And that's they're not gonna leave here empowered. So let's just let it download. Let's move on to the next thing and then we'll revisit this and Usually it works out for the better. After they have that time to process it, they come back and they nail the moves, right? So I feel like fitness, you know, relationships, you know, making, you know, emotional decisions, it's all, it all, it, it, it all kind of falls back to, you know, t- taking it slow, knowing when you're pushing it too hard and, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back. Like for example, the other day, I was trying to do some ring muscle ups and keep in mind, I have a torn pec I have a torn teres major, like a lap muscle. And Claire is trying to teach me how to do, or she wasn't trying to teach me. She's like, okay, this is part of the workout. And we're doing these ring dips. And she's like, she looks at me. I do like three reps. And she's like, no, like you got to stop. You're about to destroy your shoulders. And I'm in my mind like, yeah, they're already wrecked. But I'm like, what am I doing wrong? She's like, you got to keep your elbows tighter. Your shoulders are rolling way too far forward. She's like, just stop. Just get off let's, let's, you're going to have to regress this. And she like really forced me to slow down. And I'm just like, no, let me try it again. Look, I can do it right. And then it just got worse and worse. And then she's like, you got to slow down. Let's take a step back or revisit this. Maybe let's go try it on the dip bar. And so I regressed, just do it on the dip bar. It's a little more stability and got through the workout that way. But that was super valuable. You know, it's like, that's what I do with my clients. You know, if I see them doing something and it's like not looking good at all, yeah, let's take a step back, do what you can do. And then we'll revisit the tougher exercises once you build that solid foundation. But yeah, man, it's all the same stuff. It's just, you gotta, you know, process things, let them download, and then you'll revisit the situation once people are more level-headed. And my ego's not in, you know, taking over. I'm just trying to, you know, do what she can do. I love that, man. And you know what's coming up now is, is just...
1: uh I'd be really curious in terms of, you know, with the man that you're really stepping into and this momentum that you're building, how would you define what either a whole man is, a balanced man, whatever you want to define, the Eric that you're really embodying right now. Can you give some words to that? Like, what is that for you? What is a whole man or a balanced man or whatever that is?
0: Uh, For me, a whole man or the person that I want to be, the man that I want to be is someone who you know, it's not just strong, courageous, bold, brave, but also does all those things in the service of others. You know, like for the longest time, that's what I did. You know, I just served other people. You know, like some people say, oh, being a people pleaser is a bad thing. It's like, no, like <laughs> that we should have more people pleasers in the world that will make the world a whole better place <laughs> if everybody just wanted to make other people happy, you know? So, like, my thing is, to be strong, you know, courageous, but also loving and open and, you know, listening to people and, you know, helping others get better, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually and try to, you know, be a vessel for positivity, you know, really try to make an impact on the world and help people, you know, still maintaining all those masculine qualities because you still need that in this world. You know, people need to be strong and need to know that, you know, doing hard things challenging yourself it makes you stronger and it makes you more ready to conquer or to like you know welcome challenges that normally if you're weak and if you're not challenging yourself they'll scare you you'll you know you'll you'll crumble when when the time comes to do something hard so it's like you gotta stay ready be hard to kill but also be a, a lover and a fighter and you know just try to find balance between all the things it's hard you know it's a lot of work but what else are we gonna do but work hard every damn day you know
1: and, and I, I appreciate that very much because especially coming from you who potentially and we, me and you are having this conversation on the ride to your house there's a lot of people out there and, and rightfully so because most people's perceptions of you or of me is based off of what we put out which is just a very small portion of our life even if we do try to share more openly or more vulnerably but most people see you as the primal soldier, you know, which is a part of you, right. And it's served you in many ways, but they don't get to hear these other nuances and these other facets of you and and you being a real human being. And so one, uh, it's very, like, I'm very honored that you're sharing this and that you're willing to share this because I feel the same way of, in terms of like, what's a balanced man. It's a man who's, you know, uh, willing to be both willing you know it doesn't mean we're, we're trying to or i'm trying to be perfect for example but the willingness to be strong and vulnerable the willingness to speak our heart and speak our mind and also the willingness to listen and i think there's that and then in my own life too it's like the reminder to also be compassionate with myself because that masculine like i can be really tough on myself oh yeah right and mm-hmm. and it's also the reminder to like yo It's
0: okay. We're doing
1: doing good. Yeah, which
0: is a good motivator sometimes. But man, that does not work for a lot of people. (laughs) You know, like you try to teach somebody, oh, you got to stop being a little bitch. You know, you got to suck it up. That doesn't work. Like for me, it might, but only to a certain extent too. Sometimes you're like, you said you're too hard on yourself and you kind of push it too hard. And then you start, because dude, whatever you tell yourself, like, your brain, your soul will like take that into account. Even if you're just kind of fucking around and just like using it to try to pump yourself up, it can can cause some some deeper damage that kind of eventually you start thinking that you are a little bitch if you don't sit in the cold plunge for longer than three minutes. Then you're just like, fuck man, yeah, I'm a wimp. You know, and then that feeds into the rest of your day. You're like, man, I couldn't even sit in that cold plunge for longer than three minutes. (laughs) How am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this podcast? How am I supposed to do anything if I, you know? So it's like, instead of looking at it from like trying to put yourself down, just be like, damn, I really crushed it today. I actually jumped in the cold plunge this morning, you know, like I conquered something and I overcame some fears. I mean, it works for some people, but like you said, it's important to have compassion and give yourself grace. You know, we're, we're perfectly imperfect. You're, you're badass just the way you are, but, you know, we all have room to, for improvement. That's why it's super important to constantly seek growth and be eager to learn, you know, be, be open and try to keep learning, keep growing. And if you're not compassionate with yourself, it's going to be hard to, to, to keep moving forward because you're constantly going to stumble, fall, but you're going to have to get back up and give yourself the grace to know that you're human. And this is what happens, you know, it's how we get better. There's very few people who got to the top of their their game without having to lose and struggle. For me, it's just I'm trying to get to the top of being my best self and, you know, be the most honest person that I can be with myself. And yeah, like you said, be vulnerable and share as much as I possibly can without being overwhelming <laughs> for, for people. I don't want to be like a sob story. You know, I, I want to be positive. I want to share positive things. But I know there's a lot of people who are struggling. And so I know sharing my story will will help at least one person. That's, that'll be dope.
1: Oh, it'll help way more than one person, brother. <laughs> Dude, I'm super grateful that you made the time for us to connect. And, you know, on that light of being excited, you got a lot of cool things that you're working on. So if uh, before we close out, if you wouldn't mind just sharing, like, what are you most excited for right now? And uh, the momentum that you're building, it's, it's felt. And I'm excited to like, again, record this and put this thing out there. So what are you most excited for right now?
0: Right now, I'm most excited about uh, this coming year. There's going to be a lot of uh, community events coming up. Uh, I'm going to be doing some, some more workshops, kettlebell education around the world and the country. And also some uh, more faith and fitness events with this the nonprofit group here in Austin called Hope and ATX. Which they combine, they pretty much teach you uh, faith through fitness, which is a real structured approach to, you know, learning about faith and the way you would kind of do a workout. So it's it's a lot of fun. Cause for a lot of people, faith and believing in higher power can be pretty, pretty hard to grasp your head around, especially if you're not religious. You know, so it's a good way to to reach people and you know, I'm probably going to do a couple of men's groups and, uh, you know, cause we we're talking about earlier, like men need men and we need to be open with each other because, you know, like I was talking about earlier, like sometimes you just hold things in, but when you talk to a fellow man about it, who's also holding things in, you're like, holy shit, dude, you're going through the same stuff, you know? So I'm super excited about having these men's groups where we're going to work out, talk about faith, talk about relationships, whatever they want to talk about and what we're going to open up to each other. And uh, Hopefully not cry on each other's shoulders, but if that <laughs> happens, it happens. But mostly we're looking for the camaraderie, maybe wrestle and have some fun. Oh, man. I'm all about it, dude. Yeah. For me, man, martial arts, jujitsu, kickboxing, that was always like the best, some of the best therapy. So let's just trying to do that without hurting myself <laughs> not getting punched in the head or wrecking my shoulders and an arm lock yeah, at least not right now I'll, I'll probably get back into that kind of stuff later on it's just in the industry that I'm in right now I have to try to keep my body as healthy as I can for like you know shooting workout programs that I can share with people but definitely want to start challenging myself so I'm excited about doing some more like fitness events just got to find that balance I was talking to somebody else the other day in the sauna about like substance abuse addiction and stuff and he's like, do you think it's possible to be addicted to balance? Mm. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. I wish I could be addicted to balance. <laughs> you know? So that's, that's the goal for 2023. Find balance between you know, taking care of my body, but also pushing myself and having faith and connecting with others. That's like a big thing, man. Like I said, I was quieting my mind for a long time, avoiding like, networking with people, connecting with others in the industry. Uh, when Before I was all about it, I was always collaborating with people, doing podcasts. Um, but for a while there, I was just like, I just became super introverted, didn't want to share. You know, I was just stuck in, in my sorrows and just trying to be, you know, alone. But isolation sucks. Mm. Connecting with people, connecting with these new communities, opening up to people has been super valuable. And so I'm excited to share that message with people. And um, help others, you know, learn that. It's all about the tribe that we surround ourselves with. And, you know, let's let's build some strong tribes that support each other and help each other, you know, do what makes us happy.
1: Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Mic drop on that one, bro. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you again, Eric, man. This has been such a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, I love every time we get to connect and train together and and feed off each other. And I'm really excited. For where you're headed, man. And, and this was uh, an absolute pleasure. So thank you, bro.
0: Thanks for having me, man. Super excited about your podcast and <laughs> super stoked to come see you in, in California soon, hopefully, next year, early next year. Let's do it, Welcome dude. Train we'll do some kettles Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: all right, brother. Peace, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path, and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours.